The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 20th, 2023, season 19, episode number 35. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got the crew here today. We're talking Cowboys football, and specifically we're talking Cowboys versus Cardinals. Today we'll get into the Cowboys offense versus the Cardinals defense. Uh, we'll get you caught up on the injuries that we'll be watching throughout the week and uh, just in general set the table for you guys for the week three of the NFL season. Let's talk. Uh, let's get started first with the uh, injury updates. Patrick, we got four guys that I think we're watching throughout the week. Tyler Smith, Donovan Wilson, Zach Martin, and Brandon Cooks. What do we know going into this week as far as each of them are concerned? Well, as we speak, Mike McCarthy is holding his press conference. So we'll get, just like last week uh, this time, we'll get some real-time updates here via text in a moment um, on guys like Zach Martin, Tyler Smith, Donovan Wilson, uh, Brandon Cooks, and Chuma Idoga, who suffered a hyperextended elbow. But uh, what we do know thus far before we get those Mike McCarthy updates is that Jerry Jones and the Cowboys and Zach Martin himself uh, pretty much feel that he will be a go against the Cardinals. There should be no limitations no you know missing of playing time for Zach Martin uh what he what happened was he rolled his ankle but then he actually continued to play and he said himself after the game that if it were a tight game he would have stayed in so I think <laughs> Zach Martin's gonna be yeah it's Zach Martin yeah that's kind of games the Cowboys are playing right. these days so, yeah. it's not really that tight we're all right so I think he's gonna be fine um and again I'm interested to see what McCarthy says this morning as far as the remaining guys but having spoken with him earlier this week uh, particularly about Cooks Dono and Tyler uh, the plan, unless it's changed, is for them to get, be limited in practice today. Um, and if all goes well there, then all three of them will be ramped up in Thursday's practice. But McCarthy specifically said the goal, quote, is for all three to return against the Cardinals, end quote. So good news there. And it looks like Chumi Doga has at least a, a solid shot of playing against the Cardinals as well. So waiting for some updates for this morning from McCarthy's press conference. Those texts should come in here shortly, but that's where we are at the moment. Have you guys been shocked at all by what Chuma Doga has been able to yes. do here in these first two games? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Felt like he was going to be a liability, and 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 I and I I'm basing my thoughts of him being a liability from what I saw in training camp of mm-hmm. him playing tackle, and I was thinking, okay, well, if he's struggling with space, if he's struggling with guys being on his edge, if he's struggling with foot movement and all, um, then there could potentially be some problems inside. And I was more worried. I think the Giants game. I was concerned until you realize that the Giants rush straight ahead, and they just they try and bully you and power you and and try and knock you off your your spot. The Jets a little bit more athletic with movement, and I was worried. Like, okay, he did all right against the power players, but how is he going to do with guys that are really really active? And you know, there was a couple of times in that game where Biotis was helping him. But there was far less than that than I really, really thought. So, I, you know, I, I tip of the cap to Will McClay and, and those Alex Loomis and Henry Schroke and those pro guys because they had an idea of a plan. Let's get a veteran guy. We, 
used the word bridge player yesterday. We were talking about Ronald Jones. Bridge offensive lineman. They had an idea that he could probably play guard better than he could tackle. Looking at him at tackle, they're probably like, eh, we're better off just playing him inside right now. I mean, if he had to play tackle, he could play tackle. But uh, I, I, I was, I'm, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say shocked, but I am. My evaluation of him as a space player was this. But when you put him inside in that phone booth where it's limited movement and stuff like that, he plays just fine. Uh, I will say that I, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, we, we sat here at this panel and we talked about, you know, him having to step up for week one if Tyler Smith missed. And, and we also said that until we see it, there's nothing to be seen. Um, training camp, he did struggle, had more downs than ups. And, you know, he also had the injury with the knee. Um, and we just we didn't know until we knew. And then after he, you know, played well against the New York Giants, we sat here and we said, give this young man his roses and, and give the coaching staff in the front office their roses. And and one thing about it is now you've seen two solid weeks, um, actually above par weeks for Chuma Idoga. And now you feel good as far as backup left guard right. uh, going forward if Tyler Smith, you know, need, misses time and hopefully that's not the case, but at least you have some confidence wherein the confidence was not there two weeks ago. And also credit to the coaching staff. We talk a lot about this Cowboys coaching staff under McCarthy putting guys in position to be successful as opposed to trying to do square peg, round hole type thing. And Chuma doing well at left guard where after we saw him struggle trying to swing tackle in training camp, I mean, Mike McCarthy, he does it again. So kudos to everyone involved in that situation. Yeah, um, it's impressive. And everything that they just said, we were not expecting that. And if you had told me right towards the end of the preseason that Tyler Smith was going to be out two weeks, yeah, I think we would have been kind of panicking a little bit for, for the Cowboys and, and the Dax protection and the running game and everything that involves that. But he's done a really nice job, and it does give you some kind of ease because and not to be like a Debbie, how do you say Debbie Downer, Debbie, Debbie Downer, <laughs> Debbie Downer. Um, but you know, better it, than a Karen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. Debbies are a little better. Um, <laughs> no offense to Karen out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, but you know, injuries are bound to happen, especially in this O line. If history has shown you one thing, is that. Alignment of yours is going to get injured and you're going to have to figure it out. And it's just, it's nice, nice to see that happening this early because, you know, towards the end of the season, when you get into December, typically most teams are dealing with some type of injury. Someone's hurt, someone bang, banged up, and we're still kind of keeping an eye open or fingers crossed and everything with Tyler um, Smith. And, you know, he popped up yeah. the other day, and that can still very much happen to where he has to miss exactly. a game, and now you got to do some shuffling. So now it's just credit to, again, coaching staff and Chuma for the work that he has put in and just not giving up because there were times at training camp that it was just very questionable where his future was going to yeah. – what his future was going to look like, and he's, he's put in the work and it's paying off. Yeah, not only that, Brian, I remember you mentioned – I saw it was on Twitter – I think it was uh, where you were responding. I wasn't clap backing on somebody then. Actually, no. You were you were making a point to Pete Prisco, yeah. which I think was a valid yeah. point when you okay. talk about this offensive line. 
and their ability, uh, like what the Cowboys did during this preseason and not playing their veterans, yeah. allowed them the ability to get some of these younger guys ready. So we haven't even gotten to the point where Bass is playing much or Richards is playing much. But we feel pretty decent about them as backup players that if that injury should come, which as the NFL goes, you know injuries are going to come. If that injury and when that injury comes, you feel pretty good about your backups. Got some information over there. You're looking at that. Yes. Um, I was just getting the updates from uh, McCarthy's press conference. So here we are on the injury updates, folks. Uh, Zach Martin will be with the rehab group this week, which I'm completely fine with. I put out there on Twitter that my plan for him would be DNP all week. Uh, Let him rest that ankle and then send him out there on, on Sunday. Let's see if that's the case. So Zach Martin will likely be DNP today, did not participate. He's going to be rehab group. Uh, Chuma is going to do some rehab work as well. They'll see how he feels after rehab, if he can do some individual drills, and then if he feels good there, maybe he gets a little bit of team play. Uh, Donovan Wilson and Brandon Cooks will both get some practice work today. We'll see uh, if that's strictly individual or if that's individual plus team, and if it's team, how much of that will be So they'll be, be limited. Included. So yeah. they'll be limited Got essentially. It. So that's the latest on uh, what's going on with the Cowboys injuries. Yeah, and uh, thanks for those updates. It's good news. Uh, the the thing with Pete is that, you know, he was like, well, all offensive lines, all offenses look bad because they're, you know, because of the offensive line play and how bad it's And I, I think it's quite the opposite with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that now I feel more comfortable. And to Ambar's point, in the NFL in this day and age, you're going to play with all 53 guys. And maybe you're going to play with 58 guys or maybe 60 guys when it's all said and done. Uh, you know, you're going to have to be able to rotate guys. You're going to have to be able to move, move guys around. You're going to have to cover for injuries. And I, I, I applaud what McCarthy's done with the, trying to keep his team healthy. You know, some unfortunate things that happened with Donovan Wilson the first day of camp with the calf and some other things. But, but overall, though, the, you, you now feel better about – where there was like, maybe I liked six of these offensive linemen. I liked the five starters and and Bass. But now you maybe you can take that thing to be eight deep. Instead of just six deep, you got two extra guys that you feel comfortable with because of the amount of playing time they got in the preseason. With you mentioning McCarthy and what he's done with keeping his players healthy, we finally kind of overcome that period where and this is not uh dealing with o-linemen but other players secondary receivers those hamstring injuries that Mm -hmm. always happen to at practice at training camp when we got back here there was always some kind of hamstring injury and those kind of have slowly disappeared and faded out um in just the way that everything mccarthy's doing with handling Every, of course, injuries still happen, and they're going to happen. Yeah, but you're not seeing it from, like, the Miles Austin era yeah. or, oh, yeah. soft or Sean Lee, for and, example, who mm-hmm. you know whose career was ended prematurely because of so many soft tissue injuries. So I agree that the yeah. trend or the number of those occurrences have greatly diminished. And, uh, I mean, they're always going to happen because occupational hazard. But it, yeah. you're right, Amber. It's nothing like it used to be. Well, I'll take that as an opportunity to shout out my guy, Harold Nash, and his like, team. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, oh, the, yeah. the staff uh, that works these players out, yeah. make sure their bodies are ready to, to take on an NFL season. They're doing a good job. Fantastic. If you haven't seen a lot less of those soft tissue issues, they're mm-hmm. doing something right. They're absolutely doing something right. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the uh, let's head into the, cow- the the conversation about the Cowboys and the uh, the Cardinals. 
Let's start first, go around the table. I want you guys to give me kind of a big picture look. What do you think is the biggest storyline for the Cowboys heading into week three of the NFL season against the Cardinals on the road? I'm still on consistency. We're still three weeks in. Um, yes, you manhandled your first two opponents. Um, it, you know, it's one thing to, to manhandle one opponent. And then now you're hearing about, you know, um, can you stay focused? And then the Jets lose Aaron Rodgers, and it's like, oh, well, is this, is this a trap game? And we sat here and said it's not. That's not the culture in this locker room. Um, and then they go out and prove it. So now here we are. It's a Cardinals team that just, you know, allowed a historic comeback from the New York Giants in Arizona. Here, here's the fan speak again, you know, about, well, it's another, it's a trap game. How are they going to handle it? I want to see if they're going to go and blow out the Cardinals. Like, I want to see that because that goes to consistency. Now it's, uh, once you show me you can do a thing, I want to see you do that thing and better. So I, I know you can go beat the Cardinals just like I knew you could beat the Jets, just like I knew you could beat the Giants. But you showed me you could blow out the Giants at home. And so you now can, you need to see 70 yeah, You can dismantle a Jets whose defense was ranked number three. And now you go to, so go to Arizona and beat those boys like four, 40 to three, 40 to zero. <laughs> like, so it's consistency for me because for me it's, it goes back to what I wrote yesterday on uh, in that conversation with Curse on DallasCowboys.com. Go check that out, folks. I want to see if the Mamba mentality is consistent. I know you can consistently win games, and I'm confident that you don't subscribe to trap games in this locker room and in this coaching staff, but can you consistently show me that for four quarters, especially when you get a big lead, that you will get three interceptions in the fourth quarter when you've already got them choked out? So for me, it's it's consistency. So I want to see it again. I think that can carry over for sure this yeah, week. Yeah. For me, the storyline would be, can the Cowboys offense improve their issues? Example, red zone. What we watched last weekend, and we talked about it on the show. Brian, you got into it, uh, explaining everything that kind of seemed that was wrong and as to why they might have been having those issues. Can things start clicking for them? Can everyone start being on the same page? Can we get passed over like, well, this guy's still young. He's new. We're incorporating him. We're getting a feel for it. Everybody's just kind of working things out. Can this be the week where things just kind of start moving smoothly, smooth? Smoother. Yeah, more smoothly. Oh, I, like I like that though. Smoothly. Yes, I like so, that. I just need to see the offense just um, starting to click a little better. And I'm super, super excited to see if Brandon Cooks will be a go or no. But otherwise, um, see how McCarthy kind of rearranges things to make the uh, red zone offense be better. I'm a believer in the desperate team theory. Mm hmm. And you're playing a desperate team right now. Mm -hmm. you're, you're playing a team that has a first-year head coach. They lost a game, as Patrick talked about, that they had in hand. Mm -hmm. And as a, a program, you're trying to build on that. Yes, you don't have your starting quarterback playing. Yes, there's some other injuries that they're dealing with right now. But I never liked going into a place where the Cowboys – have lost three or four games in Arizona. In 2017, they beat him with Dak Prescott at quarterback. But go all the way back to Sun Devil Stadium. That was a house of horrors when it came to games that Cowboys were playing with. Better Cowboy teams playing Arizona teams. Remember uh, Matt McBriar breaking yeah. his foot. I remember Tony Romo busting up his hand in the game, and it affected the way the season went from that point on. So I always worry about these types of games. The Cowboys are clearly a better team than the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're better coached than the Arizona Cardinals. But I just worry about 
those guys over there saying, you know what, we've got to make a stand here. We've got to find now. Maybe they're not talented enough, but you do worry about a little bit of a team. You know, where the Cowboys have had some great success. There are issues that they've got to deal with with the red zone. But all you are are a tip pass away, a, a bad fumble, uh, a busted coverage on a 68-yard slant pass, mm-hmm. you know, from way. Uh, will I pick the Cowboys to win? Likely. But these are the types of games I absolutely hated playing. When you were riding pretty well, the other team is a little bit desperate, and they're trying to find a way not to. Now, if you play Arizona late in the year, you probably crush them. Because their spirit will be killed. Yeah, they're right like now they still have fight in them, and this is one of those things that could kind of set your season and take it another direction uh, if you find a way to win this game. It worries me a little bit. Real quick before we go to break, I'll take a quick question that we got from Jeff Audi in Mount Airy, Maryland. He says, "Will Sunday's game in Arizona be a home crowd for the Dallas Cowboys?" Usually, I is. will simply say yes. Yeah, yes. It usually will be. is. Yeah, yes, that's one be. of the stadiums yeah. where, and it goes back to you know Cowboys. Sun Devils Stadium. Day. Same, yeah, used yeah. to be in the same division with the Cardinals. Right. Uh, but yeah, th- this will definitely feel like at least a 50-50 type crowd is what it will. It feel will, like. and, and the thing about it is, you got the folks from Southern California yeah. and the folks from Nevada and stuff uh-huh. that'll come down for this game, and you know they'll they'll have a couple opportunities. You've got the you know they got a, a Los Angeles game on a Monday night with the Chargers they can catch, but these folks will travel. I've learned about that Southern California Cowboy Club. They they are not afraid to put their money where their mouth is and go and watch their team play football if it's if it's within reason to for them to get there. Yeah, you're right about that. The Rams when we played the Rams yeah. there, that was another one where it was just a lot of Cowboys fans, yeah. tons of Cowboys fans. All right, uh, we're gonna take our first break. When we come back, Brian's gonna give us his breakdown: Cowboys offense versus Cardinals defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find 
Find a location near you. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back to the break. Mark your calendars and get your Lederhosen and Steins ready for Frisco Oktoberfest. Officially returns for their fourth annual celebration on Saturday, October 7th at the Star in Frisco. Featuring Bavarian-inspired activities, delicious food and drinks, and plenty of great live entertainment. Visit thestardistrict.com slash events for more info. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And this segment is brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, here we go. We're going to talk Cowboys. We're going to talk Cowboys offense versus Cardinals defense. Brian, go. All right. This team uh, defensively, they play a 3-4 front or what we call an odd man front. When you have an even man front, that's four down linemen Mm. and odd or three. So, Jerry Madeline, I helped you right there explain that to you. Uh, Jerry loves when I do that. Thumbs up from Jerry right now. Jerry loves when I do that for you folks. Uh, They'll have two or three guys with their hands on the ground and then the others are playing like in two-point stances, standing around. So it's kind of a – we see a look with the Cowboys will yeah. do this a little bit, when they'll just put two maybe their bigger body guys down, and then everybody else is kind of like they're waiting for a bus. You know, they're all <laughs> standing around in that, in, that, in that regard. This defensive line's been a little banged up with the tackles uh, – uh, with Leaky Fatu, he's dealing with a shoulder. Carlos Watkins got hurt in the game. You know, our car- former Carlos Good Watkins. Play. We know that guy. He used to play here. He hurt a bicep. He's dealing with that injury right now. So that's something you need to keep an eye on going this week. The team is already down. LJ Collier was out with a bicep injury, and he's not going to play the rest of the year, it sounds like, talking to my folks in Arizona. So Watkins, though, when he plays, he does a really good job of staying square along the line of scrimmage. When you talk about defending the run, it's kind of something he did with the Cowboys. He didn't always get turned. He was a guy that stayed square, plays off blocks, gets rid of guys. So as you're blocking him, you know, to try and turn him is a little bit of a difficult situation. But, uh, you know, the Cowboys will be aware of that going against him. It's a unit that plays with more power than athletic ability. Uh, they will line up at times in a bear front. Again, a bear front is they'll cover the center and they'll cover the two guards. And what they'll do is the purpose is to, is to try and make the inside three, your inside three, have to take on one-on-one blocks. Mm-hmm. So this is where you got to keep an eye on Tyler Biotish in this game because Biotish is usually either uncovered or there's a guy on his shoulder. Now, to do the snap with a guy breathing the same air as you're breathing is one thing that you can kind of mess with you. When you start making calls and adjustments, you got that guy right there. Now you're trying to see. Now you're trying to find where their guys are. They're all standing up. So they're trying to confuse you a little bit. They're trying to make you do some stuff with the one-on-one blocks. His job's going to be snap first, block second. I really like what I've seen from Kevin Strong with this unit. Uh, He's a defensive tackle. You have to be careful of him because he likes to backdoor plays. Like you'll be reach blocking, you'll be moving to your left, and he'll run behind a block, 
to make a tackle for a loss. He's had three tackles this year. One of them was behind the line, but that's kind of his technique. He'll kind of let you get by him, and then he'll backdoor uh, you for that uh, for that uh, for that play. The linebackers, are the playmakers of this group. Uh, Kazar White, he leads the teams in tackles. He's going to line up all over the formation. Uh, you, you, he has a feel for how to get to the ball. He's a really good finisher when in position. As a ball carrier, you have to be careful with him because he's always ripping at the ball. He's one of those. He's like Michael was doing in the game the other day. You know when he rips the ball. Uh, you know, uh, out of the running back's hands. That's what Kazar White is going to do. He's going to try and create turnovers. He could be an effective blitzer as well. If he has a weakness, he's a guy that will jump around blocks, so he'll give you some space. Sometimes the ball's coming in his direction, he'll try and jump around a block to get back in to the play, and then the ball was able to get behind him. So if you get him jumping around blocks, like the defensive tackle was making plays, White was missing some plays, so he's got to be careful when uh, he he's doing that. Uh, Victor D, I'm going to say this name. It's so funny to say Victor D Mukeji is uh, he's a, another linebacker. He's been outstanding as well. He's a really powerful tackler. He's shown the ability to create turnovers with his hits. He's a physical guy. Uh, as far as their pass rusher goes, the guy you're going to have to worry about is a guy named Dennis Gerdek. Yep. And Gardeck is relentless in the way he plays. He'll line up on both sides of the formation. He's always in attack mode. He's the type of guy that never gives up on a play. You could block him for one or two counts, and then ex- and then if you expect to just stop, and then he's not going to and he's going to stop with you. That's not the, that's not the case. You need to stay on him the entire time until the whistle blows, because he's a guy that when he gets close to making a play, you feel like oh the quarterback's going to run through the line. He's there. He makes the tackle just because it's an effort type of a player there. So you have to be aware of Dennis Gardeck here. He's really a good player for them. McCarthy's going to need to know where he lines up during the game to be able to account for him because he's got three sacks in two games, and a lot of it is about how just relentless that he plays. The secondary lines up with uh, Kendrell Clark and Marco Wilson at his corners. Jalen Thompson is the nickel. These corners will flip sides throughout the game. So you're going to see them. You're not going to see them playing the same spot. Didn't know. I was trying to kind of gauge, is it because they're traveling or are they just trying to trying to not uh, – is it a strong or weak situation? You really couldn't figure out what the rhyme or reason. But you're going to see them on both sides of the, uh, of the formation. Wilson is super aggressive, ultra aggressive is the word I used uh, in the way he plays. He's not afraid to gamble to make a play on the ball. I've seen him go right through receivers in order to knock the ball down. Both Clark and Wilson are both willing tacklers. If there's a weakness with the group, it's you will see separation at time with them during routes. And I would say don't be surprised that if McCarthy doesn't take some shots down the field with Cook, and we've talked about Michael Gallup. Uh, there were several times where in the two games I watched, the Commanders game and then this Giants game, where receivers were getting past. Matter of fact, the Giants were able to get their guys deep a couple of different times that that resulted in some pretty big plays. So you'll see uh, you'll see where on this defense, it, opponents attack the middle of their defense. Routes will open up with how they play their linebackers, real tight to the line, and it to help with pass rush. And then it kind of opens up space between its safeties and the linebackers. So keep an eye on stuff going down the field and then in the middle of the of the defense. Kayvon Wallace is a safety. He's the one that tends to carry tight ends and routes. So all the Cowboys tight ends will be probably with some type of coverage where Kayvon Wallace will be on the primary, whoever they feel like that that's your guy. 
Buda Baker, who was a very talented safety, he mm-hmm. injured his hamstring in practice. On their defense. Yeah. yeah, and he 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 got hurt for the Giants game, and he's on. He's going to miss the game because he's on injured reserve. Yep. My final thoughts of this is these coaches like to show blitz, and then they back out, and then there's other times where they will completely sell out. Uh, their alignment looks very similar, as I said, to how the Cowboys rush with a couple players down and then standing around waiting. You have to be ready to sort all that out if you're the offensive line. No bust there. You know, all of a sudden, you can't have free rushers on Dak if you didn't sort it out the right way. I've also seen this unit get a sack with a three-man rush in a Giants game. So that goes back to the relentless play that they have. But uh, overall, it's kind of a mid-pack of a defense. I think that they have to do some things scheme-wise to make up for the lack of talent that they have in some areas. Yep. Here's the deal. We've got a lot to unpack from that. I will make one quick note. Uh, I was looking at some advanced stats, some uh, stats from the NFL. Uh, Marco Wilson, their cornerback, yeah. uh, last week in, in situations where he was the closest defender, he gave up. Seven receptions for 155 yeah. yards. That's your separation. On nine targets. Yeah. He was a guy that the Giants yeah. obviously went after, and they ate him alive. Yeah. And uh, so my question would be, how does that match up with the Cowboys? Is he typically on one side? Is he a guy that moves around? He's never going to play in the slot, but I'm saying he's going to move. Go either side. Yeah, they're going to move. They, like I say, he and Clark uh, are both going to flop. And I was trying to figure out, is it a strong? Sometimes in college you could say he's a boundary corner, which means he plays to the sidelines, yep. and the other guy's the field corner, which mm-hmm. plays. But the hashes in the NFL, are, are more narrow than they are collegiately. So you don't get the, the vision of the boundary or field corner. And I was trying to feel like, see if they were covering, if they were doing it because they felt like that they were going to match up. And I just it, I just think it's kind of one of those things. It's in the scheme, they say, we're not going to let you get a feel. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go right and left here. And it, like well, the Jets were stationary. Jets were just a stationary group. You're going to see Wilson on one, Clark on the other, and maybe the next series it completely flops. And so, is it not? Is it specific to the receivers that they're covering? I don't know that. Just, I don't know around. that. I just think I think it's one yeah. of those things. I was like I say, I was trying to fit, see: it, Are you trying to play a field corner or a boundary corner here? And I just couldn't get a feel for where it, are they trying to? Were they trying to take Ter- Terry McLaurin out of the game? Right. Yeah. I couldn't get that feel. Okay. I just it was like maybe it's just scheme specific, as they say. This series we're going we're going to flop it, or you know maybe maybe you're getting a situation too where they feel like a team is right handed. Or they feel like, okay, we stopped them here, and now they're going to come back. Let's flip it the other way. I think they feel like that that Wilson, even though all the stats he gave up the other day, I have to feel like that they they, they feel like he's their best corner. But to me, he's going to gamble. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to give up some plays. And all of them give up separation, including the, the, the safeties as well. There's some separation when you watch them play that that has to be concerning to them. How, what are the stats for week one? Uh, I didn't have that one. They, that was just one that the NFL pointed out, like mm. in this in these yeah. advanced stats. That was one that they pointed out from the Giants game that he just he completely just it was a tough yeah. day for him. And there hadn't been a cornerback to give up that many yards in the game since week five of 2022. Uh, of all the games in the yeah. NFL, so it was it was a tough day for him. But what makes it harder on him, and it's going to be even more so this week, particularly if Cooks is back, um, because you see what Ceedee Lamb was able to do when uh, against the Jets in 143 yards on 11 catches. Now you potentially and likely throw Cooks back in there, and like you said, we're looking for Michael Gallup to, to take a step forward. Jalen Tolbert. This can could be a game where well. he, he can have a game. Yeah, but yeah. not having Buda Baker. 
uh, on that field playing with his hair on fire. I mean, this is a three-time all-pro safety, a five-time pro bowler who isn't there to have your back. If you're one of these aggressive corners and and you're so confident, you're normally playing face forward and you're confident you want to try to jump these routes and make these big plays because guess what? Buddha's right there. So so Buddha's got you sideline to sideline. Buddha's got you. Well, Buddha Baker is on IR now. So good luck to the cornerbacks who already, like Brian said, struggle with separation and their risk takers on top of that with a safety unit who doesn't, they're talented, but they don't have the Buddha Baker level of talent to be able to say, you know what? I got you. Go, go jump that route. Go press this. Go, you know, if he releases, don't worry about it. But now they have to worry about it. They have to worry about it against the Giants. Now, it's exponentially more so with a wide receiver group and a more talented uh, quarterback in Dak Prescott than they saw against Daniel Jones. And if you let Daniel Jones light you up like that um, to mount a historic comeback, I mean, Dak Prescott's coming. I think that if you look at where the Cowboys are as a pass-blocking unit and you're the Arizona Cardinals, you've watched them and you've said, you know what, if you just try and rush four, there's going to be they're going to block you. I mean, mm-hmm. last week the, the the Jets were very cavalier and thought that their rush could just generate power uh, pressure with four, which you know I, I I think I think Arizona sells out in this game. I do. I don't think they can let the secondary have to deal with all the things Patrick's talking about with the wide receiver group. I think they have to sell out and they have to gamble. You know, when you blitz Dak Prescott, it's generally not a pretty good thing. The, yeah. the metrics will tell you that, but the way that they're going to if they just sit there and rush four, I I just see the Cowboys blocking them. But even though it's a lot of standing around, but there's going to be some blitzing in this game. Backs are going to have to be ready for some blitz pickup stuff. But if they pick this thing up, the secondary will give up plays. So, and, and the Cardinals front, I mean, they can get pressure. I mean, this yeah. is a team that has nine sacks I don't, in, in yeah, the previous two games. Third, they can right, get pressure. Right yeah. So for those that are saying, well, you know, maybe you want to rest Tyler Smith another week. Yeah. I, to that I say this. If he's ready to go, and arguably he, he was ready to go last week, but if he's ready to go, you put him out there because this is a good game to get him back into the mix because guess what? Couple weeks or so, who did we talk about yesterday? You got the 49ers coming up. You you want Tyler Smith as ready to go against a team like the 49ers as possible. So you put him in against a talented front that wants to bring pressure yeah. and wants to sell out in Arizona to help him get his sea legs again because he hasn't played yet this season. But but also let's let's be clear. I, I agree with that. I think they're going to need to blitz, mm-hmm. but blitzing has not been what they've been doing so far. Well, uh, when you look at their percentage right now, they're they're 25th in the league in blitz percentage. They yeah. are not blitzing as much as you would think. They show blitz a lot. Right. They don't necessarily always bring back out of it. Well, yeah. see, that's the thing about it is, like you say, they'll show it but back out. But I, I feel like, though, Dallas will have a plan for Gardick mm-hmm. and how, you know, I, I trust, I trust, I trust Terrence Steele against him. I trust. Tyron Smith against him. I think he's the one guy you absolutely have to worry about here yeah. in this game. Because to me, it's just that it, these other quarterbacks that they played, you know, with the Commanders and you know, with the Giants, you hold the ball. It, you hold the ball against these guys. It plays into their hands a little bit just because of the, of the pass rush. But because of, like I say, Gardick, he's just a relentless guy. And I, I have a feeling, like I say, that Dallas – if if I'm watching Dallas's tape, I'm saying, man, these guys can pass block. They can do the, they do these things well. I'm maybe the tendencies and this this coach came from the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. so he 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 grew up. He wants to blitz. He's familiar. He wants to blitz, <laughs> yeah. but he also his four man line in Philadelphia was pretty damn good. Yeah, you know, so he doesn't have that. 
but he's got a couple of guys. I, I, I like uh, Kazar White. I, I think bringing him, you know, it's going to be about if they do how well does Dallas sort things out up front, and are they on the same page when it comes to the running backs being there and not getting in the way. But if there's a blitz pickup, boom, you have an assignment right there to get the guy. Yeah, I'll make one more quick point before we go to break. I think part of also what's making this offensive line, the Cowboys offensive line, look so good against defenses is the ball's coming out so quick. There you go. So even if teams decide to blitz, we know Dak is good against the blitz. He's one of the best in the league, particularly uh, against the blitz. But that being said, I think this offensive line and how they're playing this offense and how quickly the ball is coming out, I think that's helping this offensive line and making them look maybe even better than than we've seen them in the past with the same personnel in a lot of instances just because the ball is coming out so quick. The Cowboys offense was able to mostly delete the Jets linebacker core, and the Jets linebacker core is definitely better than what the Cardinals linebacker core presents. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. we got more discussion on Cowboys offense versus Arizona defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com cowboys with the code cowboy VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Back to the break. Join us at Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium on October 7th and 8th for world-class barbecue from pitmasters across the country while enjoying Live entertainment and libations 
at Barbecue Fest Dallas this October. This is the only hotter thing than the Dallas Cowboys will be with 30,000 pounds of brisket, chicken, mm. pulled pork, ribs, mm, mm, mm. smoking at Miller Lighthouse when some of the biggest names in barbecue come together at Barbecue Fest. Tickets on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. A lot of BBQ going on in this hey, read. My hey, mouth man. literally I'm just gonna say this. watering. As soon as this show's over, I, I'm thinking today might be a day I need it's to dip a, over to a barbecue, barbecue spot now, some barbecue, because that sounded really good. You can buy lunch today. I got, uh, I got a day baseball. I don't got anything oh, going on after this. you're free. I'm you're free. free. I'm free. Look at you. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's jump back in this final segment of the break. Uh, let's talk about the tight ends. Um, I also, from, from the next-gen stats, was able to look at these numbers. Look at the tight ends and their, their usage this year. Ferguson uh, has the most, 64.5% of the snaps. Hendershot with 41.3% of the snaps. Schoonmaker, who got his first catch and first touchdown, at 32.6%. So it's kind of in that order with Ferguson getting the bulk of the snaps among the tight ends. They also run multiple tight end sets. That would be 12 personnel, 13 personnel. Uh, on about 36% of their plays. That being said, do you expect those percentages to shift as time goes on? Do you expect to see Schoonmaker more? I think he might be the best blocker you got at the tight end position. Do you expect to see more of him and maybe less of whom in order to get to that? I've always felt like this, and this goes back to the coverage that we had on the draft show this past year, that that Michigan's offense held Schoonmaker back. And I really, I believe that what I saw once he got healthy and was, was working out, and the way he moves, the way he catches the ball, you could see that's a big body guy that's, that's got a, a little. Boy. It's got a. He's got some of that lateral ability to him. That, you know, we, we talk about putting the foot in the ground, being able to move to cut and all that. I really do like him as the possibility of. Not only of a of a point of attack blocker, but a guy that can make things. You know, you never come off the field. He's going to block. He's going to catch. He's going to block. He's going to catch. He's gonna By the catch. end of the year, you think he's your yeah. one? Yeah, I, you know, Ferguson. I'll, I will say this about Ferguson. Ferguson has done a much better job of getting his body to where he can block, and I, I. I hope that he doesn't get beat down by it, mm-hmm. and I hope he doesn't. It, like by week twelve, week thirteen, that he's like, you know, I've I've had to block edges, I've had to block mm-hmm. tackles. They brought me emotion. I've had to wham on defensive ends, you know, all that stuff. Sometimes those guys get beat down that yeah. way. And but right now he's on the on the arrow going up, and I think Schoonmaker is a guy that you'll see once you throw him the ball, he could be super reliable. Michigan, he was very reliable, like on third downs, third and seven. He finds a way to get 10 or 11 yards catching the football. I, 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 I'm, I think we're going to start seeing what the front office saw in him when they were doing the pre-draft stuff with him, to his ability, that, that kind of ability to, to make plays. I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, in training camp, I mentioned it several times, whereas, you know, we – we know that Schoolmaker, as far as scouting him coming in, that he's a phenomenal blocker. Um, but then when he was able to get onto the field after battling the plantar fasciitis, I saw several times where he was able to get open. And I'm not saying he has the separation that Hendershot has, and he, nor does he have the separation that Ferguson has. But he is a very, very sure-handed guy. His hands are big. They're sticky. They get the ball uh, when it's thrown to him. He will make plays for you in the passing game um, for the Cowboys. Now, is he that yak guy? No, I think that's 
that's Hendershot. Um, and I think Jake Ferguson, particularly having bulked up a little bit to be more of a blocker, he's more of your do-it-all kind of guy. Yeah. So I think by the end of the season, you're looking at you have two tight end, two starting tight ends, two TE1s, one being Jake Ferguson and one being Schoolmaker, and then it's just you know personnel that's being presented to you by the opposition, which dictates who gets the most reps that particular game. But to answer the second part of your question, if Schoolmaker's needless pointed due north, and it most certainly is, at the expense of whom it's going to be Peyton Hendershot unless Hendershot can really start pushing that envelope. Uh, you, we talked about the potential touchdown that he could have had last week if he would have just planted his foot in and go. And granted, he doesn't have the vision that a fullback like Hunter Lipke would have, Tony Pollard at running back, Rico Dowdle, Deuce Vaughn. But still, those are the types of plays that you would need to see Hendershot make on the fly to be able to say, you know what, this guy's really going to challenge for reps uh, against Schoolmaker and Ferguson. But as it stands, yeah, Schoolmaker, I mean, he he's continuing his trajectory and it's going to I believe it's going to pick up rapidly and maybe not even by the end of the season maybe by the time we get to Thanksgiving we're really having that question of who's the true TE1 but then it will be a fun conversation to have because it's a good problem to have yeah I think uh right now heading into week three for me Schoomaker his arrow is definitely trending up as opposed to Hendershot that to be honest, since training camp, it started trending down for me. I saw things that I wasn't too excited about, like drops or him um, not being on time in certain plays. And his arrows just started trending down. And Schoolmaker, he's he has a good type of body, but he always looks very stiff for me. But it's that yeah. kind of stiffness that doesn't... Um, prevent you from still making plays similar to like Jason Witten when I when I watched Jason Witten play he's like that stiff type of player but he's still Jason Witten making those plays for you and being an athletic guy so I think not to compare him to Jason Witten but (laughs) I think he reminds me at times of play style Yes, yes, yeah. of some of those qualities yeah, that, that yeah. Witten portrayed yeah, yeah. during his time playing here for the Cowboys. So I think he he will become slow. Eh, take the slowly away because he already scored his first uh, first touchdown, mm-hmm. which, by the way, was funny on the sound of the sideline. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get the ball, get, get the, the ball. ball. Like, that's <laughs> right. your first touchdown. Um, save that ball. But, yeah, I think... Um, Eventually, he's going to become that number one guy for you just because he does have all those qualities that you want on the tight end number one. And he just needs to, you know, slowly move on there. But he he has it. I just I just wonder if right now it's a confidence issue with Hendershot. Um, I mean, you you go into or you come off of last season and you're you're feeling mostly good if you're Hendershot, and then the Cowboys use a second round pick on Schoolmaker. Yeah. That's kind of a blow. That's a big blow. Uh, and then they go and get, get John Stevens. So now you're like, okay, well they acquired two young tight ends, two rookie tight ends, and then you go into training camp. And all the talks about, well, Schoolmaker was a uh, plantar fasciitis at that point, but Jake Ferguson, which was the definitive lead horse in that stable, but it's John Stevens. It's John Stevens. Mm-hmm. Like, look at what John Stevens did today. Look at what he did today. He goes in the preseason game. Look at what John Stevens did. So, yes, unfortunately, the Cowboys lost John Stevens to a torn ACL, but you just have to wonder after, at this point, what level of uh, confidence does Hendershot have in himself? And maybe that's a situation where he just kind, kind, of, kind of needs to revisit that introspectively to get his 
his head back where it needs to get. Because until he solves that, if that is the problem, then he's going to continue to struggle to, to get those reps against somebody like Jake, who's the definitive TE1 as we speak, and Schoolmaker, who he's coming. That train's coming down the tracks. Mm-hmm. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to get into the Cowboys' defense versus the Cardinals' offense. So then for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!